Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 1639. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars Yeah. I'm revved up and very excited to share with you today somebody I've wanted to talk to for some time by the name of Art Cervantes. He's calling in from San Carlos, California. Hey, Art, welcome to Cars Yeah. Are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? I'm ready. I'm dog leg, first gear, clutch in, ready to roll. Whoa, all right, here we go. I want to start by asking you this. Would you share one little thing that maybe most people don't know about you, Art? Uh, yeah, uh, I am a polyglot. A, a what? <laughs> I am a polyglot. I speak multiple languages. Oh, there we go. Well, what other languages do you speak? Uh, I speak Japanese, Italian, Spanish, and a little bit of English. I'm working on it. <laughs> Very cool. Well, you know, we're going to talk a little bit about this fascination you have with Japan, but, you know, there might be a connection here because very few people know that I was made in Japan. Oh, wow. There you go. And I had a lot of Japanese influence in my early life. Uh, My parents had a lot of Japanese things in the house, and I love a lot of things about Japan. Sadly, I've only been there once, but I've always wanted to go back. Just love the simplicity of design, and uh, there's a podcasts and uh, or not podcasts it's a YouTube page I follow of a guy that takes old Japanese homes and remodels them which I find fascinating my dad was an architect so very cool well listen let me give you a proper introduction and we're going to dive into what you're up to and the fun you're having in the car hobby Art Cervantes is the co-founder and CEO of the organization behind the 80s and 90s enthusiast movement known as Radwood He's part of the emerging force of the 80s and 90s enthusiast culture that is growing in the car hobby and will no doubt keep it alive into the future. A Northern California native who was born and raised in the gearhead life, he has probably owned your favorite car at some point in time. He's owned over 60 vehicles in his life, which is pretty incredible considering he's a pretty young guy. He has a special place in his heart for everything Japanese and is always down for a good conversation about anything mechanical and having to do with cars, which is what we're going to do today. We're going to take a short break and thank our sponsors first. And we come back, we're going to dive right into what Radwood is all about. So keep your seatbelt on. We'll be right back. Do you have a pet in your household that loves to go for a ride? Our pets are part of our families, but they can be very hard on your vehicle's interior. Well, Covercraft has you covered. They offer a wide variety of solutions to protect your vehicle's interiors from Fido's rough treatment. Canine cargo area covers are padded for comfort and provide door-to-door protection. Pet pads have built-in features to keep cargo areas and seats protected. Covercraft solutions cover cargo areas, bucket or bench seats, and protect from damaging claws, pet fur, hair, mud, moisture, and that occasional drool from permanently damaging your vehicle's delicate surfaces. Choose from a variety of styles and colors that cover almost every vehicle made. Is your dog getting a little old? Covercraft even has a pet ramp so your trusted companion can get himself into and out of your vehicle. Here's something special to you from me at Cars Yeah. If you go to Covercraft.com and use the code YAH120, 
Y-E-A-H-1-2-0, you'll get 10% off your Covercraft order. Go to Covercraft.com today and use the code YA120 and you'll get this special 10% off. Tell Fido it's from me. That's Covercraft.com. Use YA120 at checkout. Covercraft, they've got you covered. Woof. American Collectors Insurance, that's how I now protect my Porsche Turbo. The one I call my orange crush. Are you insuring your classic vehicles on your regular daily driver auto policy? then your special vehicles are at risk. Your regular auto insurance carrier won't tell you how much you'll get until after a claim, and more than likely, you'll be in for a rude awakening. With a agreed value policy from American Collectors Insurance, you'll be paid your vehicle's full agreed value. No surprises. If you're driving your collector car less than 5,000 miles a year, do what I did. Call American Collectors Insurance and get your very own agreed value policy tailored to your specific vehicle. If you're like me, you're picky about who works on your special ride. A great policy allows you to choose your repair shop of choice, and that means you'll know the job is done right. I shopped around and decided to protect my car with American Collectors Insurance. They've been protecting vehicles since 1976. Give them a call for a quote today at 866-ACI-YEAH. That's 866-224-9324. And protect the ones you love. I did at American Collectors Insurance. Classic car insurance designed by collectors for collectors. All right, Art, we're back. And as we continue on this journey of your life, I like to start by asking my guests for a mantra or some kind of uh, success quote. Something has meaning for you, maybe something that drives the way you conduct your life. It's a great way to get the inspirational tires spinning a little bit here. Since you've had so many cars, I'm going to let you take the wheel. So go for it. All right. Yeah. uh, It is always strive to be exceptional. And how do you incorporate that into what you're doing with your life and specifically with Radwood? So I think it, it really is taking that in a very literal way, really, is trying to always not only be excellent in, in everything that you do and do your best, but also to stand out, right? It's always important to be kind of differentiate yourself from from the crowd and whatever's going on around you in the industry. It may be uh, in this case, you know, Radwood, we brought something to the market, if you will, to the forefront that kind of had interest, but had never had a place. And, you know, I'm sure we'll dive deep into it, but, you know, the whole celebration of 80s and 90s automotive culture. Uh, and, you know, there's been a lot of interest in, of course, the what I call metal bumper classics, you know, 60s, 70s, 50s hot rod stuff. And then obviously the modern supercar stuff is very relevant and, and, and there's a ton of interest there in the automotive world. So that's kind of the way I see it is, is really, and, and that goes with everything you do, right? Whether it be a conversation uh, or meeting new people or exploring new things, it's always, you know, always try to kind of go beyond the norm and, and figure out a way to stand out essentially. Absolutely. I had a conversation once with someone and I try to do that myself and I was frustrated and I said something that was kind of came across arrogant and kind of goofy, but I said, it's really hard being me trying to be so good at everything all the time. And this friend of mine started laughing at that and we had a great conversation (laughs) about it, but, but it is when you're striving to try to do the best you can all the time, right? 
Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, and especially in the world of social media now, right, you know, like I tend to be very meticulous with my photos. And if there's one little thing that is, is a little askew or I, I did not do something <laughs> yeah. right, it's it's challenging. You, you're like, ah, oh, darn it, it's already up and I have 25 likes on there already. Like I could have done better, you know, and and, yeah. and it's, it's just because I feel like it all adds up, right? I think perception and the way you're perceived as an organization or as a product is really everything right now, especially for me as an entrepreneur, right? So respect is very key and, and, and getting that recognition. And so I think you're better off starting by you know doing the best work you can and appeal to the widest group of people versus doing mediocre work and only <laughs> appealing to those folks who are kind of like, yeah, that's fine. you know That's sufficient. And then you lose out on, on, a, on a very large group of people. If that makes sense, it's kind of the way I perceive it. <laughs> oh, it does to me 100%. And I feel your pain, brother. Uh, yeah, how many times <laughs> I've, I put something, I go, man, if I just tip the camera like this or put the light like that. Yeah, it's well, I was, a, I was an art director and a creative director for a long, long time. And so I'm sure that came from that element, but also came from my father who always taught me to look deep into the details. He was an architect and an artist and uh, always taught me to look at the details and pay attention to the importance of those. That old Mies mm -hmm. van der Rohe, God is in the details concept. Well, let's talk about Radwood. I want to have you explain a lot more to some of my listeners that maybe are a little older and don't understand or know what Radwood is, but tell me what it is you're doing, what gets you out of bed every morning and gets you so excited about this. And I also want to touch on the fact that you're a fellow podcaster you guys have the driving while good podcast which is fantastic so uh take it away with radwood yeah absolutely uh, so radwood is really a celebration of 80s and 90s kind of lifestyle and automotive culture and we were inspired by the goodwood revival right uh you know there is a celebration out there of everything i think you know it's it's right up until the 60s it's let's call it 30s to the 60s and and you know it, it's it's period correct dress period correct music and of course period correct cars and they go out and race them around the goodwood circuit in england and it's such a fun sort of event in the sense that it's very immersive and and they go all out it's not just okay let's go have some exhibitions with some cars and some races let's all go all in on this and really kind of you know, there's a lot of nostalgia, right, involved there where people love to dress up and get taken back to a particular time. Oh, yeah. That's awesome. Same thing with, you know, in this in this country, we have a lot of like, you know, be like the whole, is it, what, what, I was I, I was going to say bebop, but that might not be right. That is be jazz, right? Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. Well, a little <laughs> okay. bit, but yeah, but, there's another yeah. angle. Uh, but, um, you know, the, you have the sort of a lot a lot of car shows that are uh, catering to forgive me for this is this is not uh you know a negative thing but to the boomer generation right you have you know your your 50s hot rods your 60s muscle i try to wear that bad badge as proud as i can so there you go as, yeah, as yeah. much as it's become a bit of a derogatory term yeah <laughs> know, you recently. boomer i'm like are you calling me old is that what you're doing <laughs> yeah, it, it is, it's just exactly a generation, right? And so, yep. and that's cool. I, I love, and, and you know, don't get me wrong. I love it all. You know, I'd love me a 1930s Bugatti as much as I love, you know, a Lamborghini Huracan or something, you know, like they're all cool and interesting. But yeah, yeah. what's most relevant to my generation, you know, people now that in their 30s, 40s, and, you know, even early 50s now are kind of the 80s and 90s cars, right? And and those are cars that they grew up with or, or you know, whether you started driving in that era or whether that's what you saw when you were growing up as a kid and, what, you know, what you experienced being driven around in, what you saw on the streets. And so it's it's really kind of a something that had never really been done, you know? And of course, it had to take, I mean, time needed to pass, right? So for these to be, um, not only for the cars to become sort of 
modern classics, but also for people to become established and become adults and then have that sort of longing and, and wanting for those things that they couldn't afford when they were in high school and they when they wanted, right? So in the case of me, like, you know, I, I, I really wanted a 993 Porsche or, or a Toyota <laughs> yeah. Supra or an yeah. Integra Type R, you know, and those cars were like, you know, the pinnacle at the time. And so now, you know, you, you're as an adult, as an established adult, like you're now seeking those things out, right? And about three years ago, when we started this, like you started to see little bits of it here and there, you know, on auction sites and, you know, a few people mentioning things on like, you know, some of the the, the publications like, oh, you know, like these are starting to garner some interest, like an E30 M3 was starting to pick up, you know, things yeah. like that. Oh, yeah. And so we decided originally from the Driving While Awesome podcast, which we also do... um uh, road rallies, you know, these multi-day driving events, we decided that, you know what, we had all these cars of the 80s and 90s, and there was no place for us to take them on these rallies, you know, because there's these old rallies or old school <laughs> centric rallies where you have, you know, mostly pre-1975 cars, and then you have the modern supercar rallies, and there was no place for ours. And so, you know, we had a podcast, we had a following, and we know roads, we love to drive. And we just said, you know what, like, we have some event experience and everything, let's let's just put on some events, you know. And, you know, at the time, I had a 993. Amongst us, we had, you know, E30, E36 M3, 944. And it's just like, you know what? If we love these cars, there's got to be other people that, that are also into oh, them, yeah. right? And so yeah. so we we decided to put on our first event and it was very successful. Uh, we had, I think, you know, at, at that first event, this was about five years ago now, we might have had maybe 60, 70 cars. I can't remember. And so it, it was fantastic. Got some um, publicity. And then um, after that, you know, we realized, okay, th- there's a lot of interest in this particular era of cars. So in our case, it was very niche, you know, with the drivers, people who love to drive these cars. And then uh, we decided, okay, what? how about celebrating this, right? And so that kind of combined with another idea that one of the podcast members had, had been kind of thrown out there. I mean, we've all wanted to do a hill climb, like in the US. That's something oh, yeah. we're all obsessed yeah. with still, especially on the West Coast, we want to do. And and Warren, um, who's on the podcast, said, you know, like the ultimate hill climb would be Hearst Castle. Uh, and it's, uh, <laughs> oh, it's, yeah. It, it, and, and uh, you know, because the road that leads up to Hearst Castle is epic and anyone can look this up online. And this is the, you know, the media magnate from from the, uh, you know, I'd say, what, the 20s, 30s? Oh, yeah. And so that's where it kind of all started. And we're like, you know what, like... We, we need to put on an event that celebrates this era beyond that. And, you know, we, looking at the Goodwood Revival is something we really like. Uh, we decided to sort of apply that concept to the 80s and 90s. And so naturally, you know, we, we're trying to figure out what to name this thing and, you know, Goodwood. And I think Warren himself, actually the guy with the, the hill climb at Hearst Castle idea, threw out the word rad as Radwood. And we p- kind of portmanteaued that into into what it is now. And um, and so Radwood was sort of born as a concept. And, you know, we, we started talking to some of our friends that we know in the industry and and it turns out that they had some similar ideas. And, and you know, back in 2017, we decided to put on our first event. You know, I just booked a, a local marina here, uh, essentially a boat launch, <laughs> you know, with a parking lot uh, <laughs> yeah. in South San Francisco. And uh, we didn't do any marketing, really. We just mentioned it on our podcast. We said, hey, we're going to... We're going to have a boombox on a car, bring your 80s and 90s cars, make sure you dress the part and let's have a good time. You know, we had with basically no push, we had 500 people show up in about 180, 150, I can't remember, 150 cars maybe. And so at that point we realized, okay, there's something here. And then December of 2017, we decided to put on a real official event at a proper venue with marketing. And we brought Jalopnik on board as a partner, uh, some bigger names. And and we, we had about... 400 it was like 380 to 400 cars it was a little nebulous there at the end because people were coming and going and about 2,000 people or so so that's when we realized okay there's definitely something here now let's 
really reconsider everything and determine whether we want to even do this maybe full-time possibly as a career right yeah and yeah. so that's kind of been our dream right as car people to figure out a way to make that work and uh, long story short that's when early the following year you know a couple of us decided to leave our, our day jobs and and commit entirely to the whole radwood thing and uh, and it's been a, a wild ride to say the least especially now recently with the whole COVID thing but uh yeah it's a, it's a celebration of 80s and 90s stuff i mean we, we do 80s and 90s dress 80s and 90s music 80s and 90s entertainment so we bring out kind of famous skateboarders or bmxers of the era uh we do like you know break dancing competitions and and the goal this year was to really elevate it beyond that to really bring some big name entertainment, you know, some musicians and, and artists of the era that are recognized beyond the automotive scene, right? To really make it a little bit more approachable, I guess, or, or more relevant to more people. Of course, the car still being the foundation, but then, you know, you get to a point where it's a, it's a possibly a multi-day festival. Uh, you're bringing in big names of the era, like John Oates of Holland Oates, right? Like he's a big car guy and he's a musician oh, yeah. and he's very relevant to a lot of people. That's exactly yeah. who I was thinking of. He's He'd become a friend of mine, and I met him at uh, Rensport when uh, Rod Emery delivered his 356 to him. In fact, we're going to be doing a virtual wine tasting with him coming up with uh, one of my sponsors, Adobe Road. So yeah, John, he, he comes to mind because 80s, that's when I was dating, according to my girlfriend who became my wife, and uh, we just celebrated 35 years. So I guess something worked, but I always remember his songs from that era. And he's a great guy too. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah. So that, that's kind of the idea, you know, and, and at this point, you know, we're, we're evolving and adapting given the circumstances, but in a nutshell, you know, it is, it is just a super fun time. Any eighties and nineties car is welcome. You know, we're not, I guess I should say we, I don't want to say we're, we're not exclusive. We're very welcoming, right? We're very inclusive. And there is a section of the show that is something we created. That's pretty unique. It's, we have something called Radwood royalty. And in that area, we have sort of the most iconic, most interesting stuff. And uh, it's very highly curated. It's usually built around kind of sort of features and backdrops at the venue and creating kind of an experience within the show. Uh, so a show within the show, I should say. So it's very photogenic. And a lot of the pictures you'll see online of our shows are of that area because the rest of the show is packed in just as you would expect, right? Like any kind of you know car show, cars packed in by the hundreds next to each other. But people can pay a little bit more and get some other kind of perks to park in the Radwood Royalty section. And, and in that area, it's not just the, you know, the Bugatti EB110s and the Countaches, which are there, but it's, it's really cool, interesting stuff that has especially a great story. For example, uh, a couple of years ago at our San Francisco event, I put um, a Geo Metro convertible lowrider. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> um, and, okay. And very, very well done in period. I mean, like we're talking, you know, metal, like, kind of like a metallic candy pink paint with the you know the gold uh, Dayton wheels and I mean it was just so it was just really over the top but super fun you know like we had little uh, we put little like you know those lawn flamingos around it and um, and so <laughs> uh, no kidding 20 feet away there was a, a Ferrari F50 and then we had a Porsche 959 over there and you know these cars are all within the same area and the cool thing about it is that it's somehow people sort of like that come to our shows, even the owners of those cars, the F50s, the 959s, and everything else, they're fun people, right? They know they're, they're there. They're not going to be taking themselves super seriously. They're probably wearing some crazy, you know, Miami Vice outfit with a wig. They're having a good time. They're not going to say, hey, can you get that, like, you know, $5,000 car away from my million-dollar car? Like, they're over there taking pictures of that thing, you know, and they're super right. stoked. Like, it's a really interesting vibe. It's a really, really fun, fun time. And, and that's what it's all about, you know, just creating fun experiences, building community uh, for, for people in the space. 
Absolutely. You guys have done it in a spectacular way, too, by the way. You had a, it was a Redwood event up here in my part of the world, and it was so much fun. I mean, I, I almost didn't go because I thought, well, I don't know, maybe these aren't people that, um, you know, would accept me or anything. And it was just, it was awesome. So inclusive, for sure. I always like to talk a little bit about a challenge or a failure, and this could be something relating to what you're building now, could be something else in your life. But more importantly, what was that situation and what was the learning lesson so you could come out of it and move forward in a positive way? Wow, yeah, that, that's a fantastic question. I mean, there's there's so many different things, right? I, I start thinking of something as simple as my career path as, as a college student and what I wanted to do to what I ended up doing. But, <laughs> sure. but um, you know, I think the, what's most relevant right now is, is, you know, just as I mentioned, you know, like, the, you know, a few years ago, having a very cushy, you know, tech job very well paid and and you know with with plenty of career sort of upward mobility to ultimately leaving to pursue this passion for pennies right yeah, <laughs> and sure. and it's it's a very very scary thing you know and it's something that you know i had to seriously consider multiple conversations you know with the family and you know trying to figure out a way to make it work and it's something that i've you know ultimately i've always wanted to do and but it's it's a very scary thing and quite frankly you know you take a, a massive financial hit and a lot of stress there's a ton of extra work you know people think okay you're just doing you're doing what you want to do you never work a day of your life but you also ex- exponentially um, you know raise the the sort of the workload right because now all of a sudden you're in charge of everything you know and oh, yeah. and, and this goes for my partners too you know this isn't just me and you know we're all you know in this 100% working essentially 7 days a week and with a family it's super tough and it's very challenging in the in, in that sense but at the same time you just have to persevere and really understand it's really made me understand personally what I'm what I'm best at and what I'm not good at and making mm-hmm. sure that I really relinquish sort of that to the people in my organization that are good at whatever that may be right in the case of creative design or or operational stuff or whatever you know cuz naturally especially as quote unquote the CEO of the, of a small organization like I do want control and I do want to create my vision or make sure that it is my vision right in a way but so do other people in the organization right at the executive level and so yep. um you know but I it's it's important to understand that someone might have a better approach and their approach is probably the right one for what you're doing and 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 because they have that skill set or you know really kind of allowing people to, to have their voice, I think is very important. And that's something that I've learned and, and have over time kind of, uh, not for lack of a better term, we've kind of relinquished, I guess. But, um, and, and I think it's been healthy and helpful for the organization, you know, whereas initially I might've been, might've been a little dogmatic and be like, no, this, this is, I know this, I can do it. This is the way it should be kind of thing. So yeah, it's really kind of like understanding that as a challenge and really of course, you know, from a financial standpoint, as I mentioned, you know, really try to do your absolute best to optimize and make this uh, as successful as it can be so that you can pay your mortgage and, and, and feed your family, right? And so that continues to be a challenge, to be honest, you know, because I mean, with COVID, you know, like our main business model has been severely impacted, right? We put on... Yeah, just you know, a little. <laughs> <laughs> we put on essentially festivals for thousands of people, right? So, you know, we, we've had to adapt and and make some tweaks to the model, uh, at least temporarily, and those are things that we can continue on as we move forward, you know, so it's, you know, there's focus on merchandise, focus on some virtual experiences with partners and, and some other stuff here in the, in, in the works uh, on the roadmap that, that should be very interesting here before the end of the year. Well, kudos to you for doing what you've done and chasing your passion. I always say if, if it doesn't work out, you can go back to what you're doing before. But it sounds like you're doing an excellent job, you and your team there. We're going to take a short break. Thank our sponsors. We come back, we're going to dive into your personal passion for cars, understand where this drive came from. So sit tight. We'll be right back. Let's take a pit stop from the conversation and talk about my charity of choice, 
here at Cars Yeah, America's Automotive Trust. America's Automotive Trust is a group of like-minded nonprofits working together to preserve and promote car culture across the country. Together, they provide scholarships and grants to aspiring technicians and restoration artists. They provide youth education programs and bring communities together through auto-related events, car shows, and drives. One of those nonprofits is very near and dear to my heart because it's right down the road from the Cars Yeah headquarters. It's the LeMay America's Car Museum in Tacoma, Washington. One of the world's truly great automobile collections and one of those must-see bucket list destinations for car people like you and me. If you haven't seen it, I hope you make a trip soon. And if you have seen it, it's probably time to visit again. To learn more about this fantastic museum, go to www.americascarmuseum.org. And while you're there, you can donate to help them keep their engines running. That's www.americascarmuseum.org. My favorite collector car magazine is Keith Martin's Sports Car Market. I've been a subscriber for decades. Sports Car Market is the Wall Street Journal for enthusiasts and collectors. It's your monthly must-read. Whether you dream of owning a collector car, maybe you have two, or maybe you've got 200. Sports Car Market has been around for 31 years, and it's filled with valuable articles, intelligent write-ups, and the latest auction sales. Go to sportscarmarket.com and subscribe today. Here's a couple deals I have for you just for listening here on Cars Yeah. If you use the checkout code Cars Yeah, you'll receive a 50% discount on your digital subscription at Sports Car Market. That's an exclusive offer from Cars Yeah. And guess what? Here's another deal. If you'd like to get the actual magazine, use the code BSH for buy, sell, hold. That's code BSH. And you'll get $10 off your annual print subscription. That's right. $10 off. Both of these are exclusive offers here at Cars Yeah for Sports Car Market Magazine. Just go to sportscarmarket.com and get your deals today. So what do you do after running a race team for 27 years with over 100 podiums, multiple Daytona wins, and a win at Le Mans? Well, if you're racer and the Racers Group team owner, Kevin Buckler, you start Adobe Road Winery. It's located in Petaluma, California, and he and his team have created a winning combination with the Racing Series, four ultra-premium red wine blends that are in a class of their own. Like racing, these wines comprise of art, precision, engineering, science, wrapped in a whole lot of fun. You can choose from four blends titled Redline, Apex, Shift, and the 24. Today, I'm going to talk about Shift. This wine was awarded 93 points by Robert Parker's Wine Advocate. It's balanced and spicy with dark blueberries and a cigar aroma. The unique bottle shape features a vintage-inspired metal gated shift back with carbon fiber, and the cork is topped with a five-speed shift knob. That's right. There's going to be some battles at the dinner table on who gets to keep the cork after this bottle has been enjoyed. The Racing Series is a delicious gift for the automotive enthusiast in your life, and I've got a deal for you. If you use the code CARSYEAH, all one word in caps, at checkout, you get $10 off any purchase of the wines from the Racing Series. Your wine ships promptly and arrives quickly right at your door. Use the code CARSYEAH at checkout and get $10 off your purchase from the Racing Series today. There's always a seat at the table for excellence with the Racing Series. 
Go to adoberoadwines.com and use the code CARSYAH today. Cheers. All right, we are back, and I'd love for you to share a story that instigated this passion that you have for these vehicles, that pivotal moment in your life when you knew that you were a bit of a car guy. Well, you know, th- this this might be maybe um, sort of less interesting, I guess. I don't know, maybe I'm <laughs> being self-deprecating, but it, I, I kind of grew up around cars and, and airplanes and machines of all type. You know, I, my dad was a pilot. He had an auto body shop that eventually also uh, became a detailing business. And so I'm pretty sure that my earliest memory, I've tried to figure out another one and see if I can remember anything else. I'm pretty sure my earliest memory is jumping in the back of my dad's friend's Porsche 928 because I just remember very distinctively like having to slot into that rear seat. Oh, yeah. And I remember like trying to climb into the center hump so I could see the front because I thought the car kind of looked like a spaceship, you know, and my dad telling me like, no, get back in your get back in there. You know, and this is, you know, we're talking the early 80s or whatever. So it's, yeah. you know, this is uh, no no car seat or whatever, you know, <laughs> this uh-huh. is just the way it was. That's definitely one of the one of the earliest memories I have. And but that being said, you know, being around all sorts of cool stuff and in really all sorts of cool stuff. My dad was kind of primarily a Datsun guy growing up, but at our detail shop, we had everything. You know, I remember this Porsche Targa that was a regular customer of his and it was like espresso metallic, you know, like that oh, yeah. chocolate brown metallic. It's a beautiful color. And I remember just loving that color in the in the sun. It was, and that was very striking to me. And um, that was a car that it's actually, or was owned by a very famous person's sister. And, uh, and so we, um, my dad would actually personally go and pick up the car and, and, you know, deliver it and all that kind of stuff. And so I used to get to sit in the passenger seat every time. And so, which was pretty fun. But um, one thing that I got to say though, is the, the thing that really kind of made me passionate about driving, which is what I'm most passionate about, I love cars and I nerd out on the details, but like it's all about that driving experience and the connectedness you have with the machine that's like so fascinating and interesting to me and, and most rewarding it is being probably about eight or nine years old and sitting in the passenger seat of my dad's, or sorry, my uncle's, he had a Celica liftback uh, SR5 uh, mm-hmm. Toyota. And, you know, I grew up in, in Northern California in the Santa Cruz area and there was a dusty kind of sandy lot. And he, this is the first time uh, um, I remember experiencing the sensation of braking traction and sliding around in a car. <laughs> and yeah. that was like the coolest thing ever. And I remember basically having him do it over and over again to the point where he's like, you know what? No, we got to stop. We got to go home. And I'm yeah. not supposed to be doing this out here with my, you know, eight year old uh, nephew. Right. And so that, from that day on, you know, I, I remember the first time I ever got to drive a car fast on my own was um, I was 12 years old on a family ranch or a, a family friend's ranch. It wasn't ours. There was an apple orchard out here. And, you know, there's these gravel kind of roads everywhere right around the farm. And I was in my dad's Chevy S10 pickup and he let me just kind of go out there and mess around. And, and I remember just going around this, this, it was a 90 degree turn and, you know, kind of coming around the turn and feeling the rear end slide and come around. And naturally, just instinctively, I started to steer into it. And then just, I was accelerating out of it. And I'm like, holy crap, I'm sliding around. This is cool. You know, and, 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 and I, I kept doing it over and over and over again. And it just, it's, it, it, that that was kind of like everything for me right there where, the, where everything kind of clicked and changed. And I knew that I wanted to, drive cars somehow and, and and do cool stuff with cars beyond just kind of looking at them and building them. Burned into your brain. What was your first really special vehicle? 
I'd say that the first car that really liked that these experiences that really triggered something in me was my 1975 BMW 2002 that I had in college. And at that point, it must have been maybe my fourth or fifth car, believe it or not. <laughs> um, wow. But um, I was probably 1920. And uh, I found a car. It was actually my coworker's car, I should say. I didn't really find it. It sort of discovered me. It, it was a 75 2002 and it had a fully built suspension. The guy was a BMW CCA member and um, he used to autocross it with BMW CCA and it was pretty set up for that. The car itself was, you know, a little scruffy, but it had good, relatively good bones and an excellent suspension, good brakes, had, you know, LSD, all this stuff. And, and so that car really, again, tapping into this thing about driving, you know, it, it allowed me to sort of exercise that and you know go up in the mountains in Santa Barbara and autocrossing and all that kind of stuff kind of really came into my life through that car that was a very kind of a, a very pivotal car for me I should say went on some long road trips with friends and super fun car that I owned for quite a bit and we talked about Japan that that car funded my first trip to Japan I actually ended up selling it to go on a backpacking trip in Japan oh, wow <laughs> well there you go it got you on another great adventure well I'm gonna crawl into your head here art I'm not sure anybody's ever asked you this if you woke up tomorrow and you were manifest as a vehicle not what you want to be but how you perceive your attributes as a person into a vehicle what would you be you know this is a very very challenging question I I, I is it? I wonder if it's as difficult for everyone as it is for me. <laughs> um, you know, and you immediately start to think, okay, I, like I'm a very extroverted person, but I consider myself, you know, not ostentatious, right? Sort of relatively understated, I guess I should say. You know, I I don't wear flashy clothes or jewelry or anything like that, uh, but I'm sort of high strung. Maybe I can be considered high maintenance in some ways. <laughs> and so, you know, I started to put all this stuff together, and I think Ferrari F three fifty five is is where I'm at, and. It's because I think it's, you know, it, it's obviously the mark is, you know, it's, it's a big name and, you know, it, it a Ferrari is going to attract attention anywhere and that might be my loud mouth and personality. <laughs> but at the same time, it's, it's not a very flashy car. It, it's compact. It's simple, very clean lines, right? So it's not this big ostentatious thing with, you know, with wings and all that. And, you know, it's kind of a, a scary thing to say, you know, because everyone talks about that belt service and all that stuff. But I'm like, you know what, maybe, you know, because I am a discerning individual and I am very self-critical. Maybe there is something there where that's that kind of little Achilles heel, if you will. I don't know what you call it, you know, but it's sort of a, a thing. Um, but I would say an F355 Ferrari. Okay. A ma- uh, with, with a manual, with a manual transmission. <laughs> well, perfect choice. I think you thought that through very well. So you passed that one nicely. We are ending what I call the last lap. I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give us some very quick blips of that 3355 throttle, that wonderful Ferrari. They're great cars. Little awkward foot location, though, for the pedals if you've ever driven one. It's kind <laughs> yep. of weird. A lot of Ferraris are that way. So we'll rock it through these. All right. Would you share one of your personal habits that you believe has contributed to your many successes in life? Yeah. Don't be uh, really afraid of rejection or failure. Just kind of go after whatever you want and try to make it happen. Ah, perfect. I love that. How about if I could arrange for you to have a drink or a meal with anyone in the automotive industry, living or deceased, who would that person be? Hmm. (laughs) I would say... This is a very difficult one for me because uh, yeah, there's racers, there's, there's racers, designers, there's all these, all these people, but um, it would be Paul Newman. Oh, wouldn't that be cool? Uh, I see him every evening when I have my salad. 
<laughs> faces on that bottle right there. So yeah, tremendous guy. Loved racing for sure. Uh, and raced some pretty cool cars that kind of relate to this Radwood period of time as well. So uh, most definitely. How about the best automotive advice someone else has ever offered to you? What would that be? So uh, again, going back to the driving, this is the best driving advice I have ever gotten. And it was so simple. It is to hold the steering wheel when you're driving spiritedly and or at the racetrack. Like if you were drinking a tea or drinking tea out of like delicate China, you know, just (laughs) never muscle through stuff because then you lose sensation and detail and information from the steering wheel. So hold it as lightly as you can while still having control. (laughs) Yep. Soft touch. I had a driving instructor when I was getting my racing license that would make me keep my pinkies up. So I wouldn't there grip you go. the wheel so tight. Yeah, so uh, felt a little funny. Probably looked a little funny too, but it worked. How mm-hmm. about a great resource out there that's a go-to for you? Something that you find yourself going to again and again. Well, I mean, you know, we ahead of this conversation, we did talk about social media. And I think, you know, Instagram has really changed the world for better, for good. And there's just so many great accounts out there, so many great people. And it really gives you access to some of these people in the industry that you typically wouldn't be able to interact with, you know, and and there's so many great folks out there. And it may be someone like Ralph Gills, who's like the head of a of a design department at like FCA yeah. who I've been able to interact with and ultimately sort of kind of befriend, I should say, I could say yeah. uh, to, you know, people that, that are in the media space, you know, like uh, whether they work for a magazine or a publication. And, and so it's really kind of looking at what's available there and, and trying to access information, both from a publication standpoint and also people that you wouldn't normally. Yeah, I love Instagram. It's absolutely great for that. Ralph, he's been a guest on my show. Uh, wonderful guy. Such a nice guy. And every time I run into him at events, he always remembers me, which blows me away. I'm like, whoa, you remember who I am. That's pretty cool because uh, he's done some incredible things. Now, how about a book that you've read that you think our listeners should crack open and uh, learn some things from? Yeah, so this was a great question. I have so many books, <laughs> but um, oh, yeah. one that made a huge impact on me. And again, being so into the 80s and 90s stuff, uh, whether it be cars or motorsport, is a book called Senna versus Prost by Malcolm Foley. Malcolm Foley uh, is written for uh, you know uh, newspapers and stuff like that, but he was very in tune with motorsport in this era. And he got access to not only the people that surrounded Senna and Prost in this time period, but also other teams and other, you know, team directors and, and you know, engineers and, and, and aerodynamicists. And so it, it was, it's a very comprehensive kind of story of the era. And I think it also added a lot of information and color that that documentary film did not. And for me, as both a Senna and Prost fan, I felt it was extremely unfair to Prost and the way that he was perceived was very unfair. And this book, I think, is pretty objective. You can see the tone and, and the information that is provided and presented on, on what really went on there and like, and you know, and, and how, how you know a lot of the the details that we're missing from that film, and and it's a phenomenal, phenomenal documentary, and that's what's frustrating is because it's so well done, and it's such a great motorsport piece of history and and, and and information, but at the same time, I feel like it was skewed for a reason. Obviously, it's called Galsenas. It had to make him a hero, so by doing that, they needed an antagonist, and unfortunately, that that became Prost. Oh, absolutely. I've read that book and I agree with you wholeheartedly. Having read the book and then watching the film, uh, I'm a big Santa fan, much more than Prost fan. So to me, I kind of like the way the film went, but I know what you're <laughs> saying exactly. It's a great book and it goes real in depth. So I'll make sure to put a link to that book on Art Cervantes' a website page here on Cars Yeah. Just go to carsyeah.com, type his name in, and you'll find that page with this link to this great book, which you should get. Now put it in your library. And all the other great books are listed on the Cars Yeah website too under guest 
recommended books. It could fill a library. All right, we're up to the checkered flag. I always like this question because it kind of identifies where somebody wants to go here, Art. I'm going to buy you a very cool collector car, something really fun to park in your garage. But there's some rules to this game, unfortunately, because I'm writing the check. So you can't sell it to buy a bunch of other cars with that little trick is off the table or buy a house or buy a boat or whatever you want to buy. I want you to drive it. It needs to tick a lot of boxes. So I want it to be something you would walk out to your garage and go, that's the car I'm driving this weekend. But here's the tough part. It's the only one collector car you can have, which could make this decision process a little more challenging. So what am I buying you today, Art? This is very easy for me, and I apologize to everyone for not being very imaginative. But uh, no, uh, no, it's whatever you love, buddy. <laughs> Ferrari F40. Oh, there you go. I like those. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. 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 Last it, of the it, great analog Ferraris. There you go. And more specifically, I would want the F40 LM that raced at Le Mans in the pilot livery, the pilot pen livery, oh, the blue one with the white greedy, wheels. Dude. That's uh, that's the one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now you're gonna cost me more than my lunch money here. Oh my gosh. Well, why not? What the heck? You know, I mean Thank go you. for the gusto. It's just like getting a, an F one McLaren and getting the race version of it. Why not? You know, that car that uh, that guy with all the pony shirts has. Ralph, I think, is his name something like that mm -hmm. all right well that's a really nice choice i love those things i've had the pleasure of driving one and it's just killer car not the lm unfortunately just the just the old plain basic one but boy they light up when you press the accelerator down <laughs> uh well art you know i think I, you and i could talk forever i'd like to have you back sometime to talk some more about radwood because uh if, again listeners if you're not familiar with it check it out it's easy to find the website follow them you can also follow them on the driving wall and i think i might have said your podcast wrong i apologize. It's the Driving Well Awesome podcast, right? That's correct. Yeah. Yes. I think I said good instead of awesome. So you're way better than good. You are awesome, <laughs> my friend. Uh, so make sure you follow them as well. Like the cars. Yeah. Uh, enjoy them. In fact, when I go for my walk with my neighbor's dog today, I think I'm going to pop you in my ears and listen to one of your broadcasts. It's absolutely fantastic. Would you offer us one little parting piece of guidance and wisdom before you race off into the hillsides in that Ferrari F40 LM? Just do what makes you happy. Well, that's absolutely true. That's really important. And that's what Art did. And that's what you can do. That's what all my inspiring automotive enthusiasts have proved here. Uh, you can definitely do what makes you happy. You just have to have the gusto to go for it. Uh, again, you can find everything on our show notes page on the Cars yeah website. Uh, just go there and type Art Cervantes into the search bar. It'll be right there. Hey, Art. Thanks for being so generous today with your time and your expertise and for sharing your experiences. Congratulations on what you and your team are building. I think it's absolutely fantastic. I cannot wait to go to my next Radwood adventure. I'm going to have to get a wig, though, because I'm not quite looking like I did in the 80s, but uh, <laughs> that's part of the fun, right? Until you and I talk again, my friend, we'll see you down the road. Awesome. Thank you so much. You're welcome. If you're listening to Cars Yeah, you've probably spent some time working on your favorite ride. But how confident are you working on your finances? You may be able to rebuild a fuel injection system, but can you decipher the details of a mutual fund? If you're like me, investments, insurance, annuities, budgeting, and other financial concepts may seem a bit daunting, but what if I told you there's a book that describes these subjects and more in an easy-to-read and a very humorous way? My friend Chris Kimball, CFP, a longtime sponsor and past guest here on Cars yeah, has written that book, and it's titled The Saga of Ike and Penny, a couple's humorous journey through the confusing world of finance. It's a fun look at things you need to know, everything from investing to effective ways to get rid of credit card debt, and it's probably the only book on finance with a VMAX on the front cover 
and a classic Mini Cooper on the back. The book's available at Amazon for just $10, and this book will dramatically improve the direction of your financial future. I gave copies to each of my children. All securities are through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Christopher Kimball Financial Services is not affiliated with Money Concepts Capital Corp. Get your copy, The Saga of Ike and Penny, today. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah.